Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. On this episode, I am joined by a literary genius, uh, <laughs> the, the guy behind uh, From Away's, uh, the, it's like a blog on The Wanderers, it was a podcast at one stage too, uh, Gary Griffiths, welcome back to the, uh, welcome to the show, you haven't been on the show yet, it's kind of weird, I've been doing this two and a half years, but I've never had you on before, so uh, welcome to the show. I know, mate, I've been batting my eyelids at you all this time, because <laughs> you've never invited me. <laughs> so one day, if I, if I keep aggressively flirting, eventually you'll let me on, but... It worked, but... the fight of fight. <laughs> <laughs> work, man. Like I, I perseverance. That's that's all. Well the season kicks off on a Thursday. We're playing force against York away, which is kind of I already have the dreads because we're so poor away from home. Um, mm. But I just thought it'd be a good time to kind of check in with the squad, see what we think, um, maybe get a prediction or two out of you, and uh, yeah, we'll take from there. So. The first, the first thing I kind of wanted to look at was the, the new guys you've brought in, uh, what your thoughts are on them, and where do you think they're going to get game time, and like where do you kind of see them slotting in? So I, th- I thought the first guy would we could kind of take a look at would be uh, Mohamed Omar, because obviously there was a lot of hype around him because he was an MLS uh, super draft uh, pick for the Rapids. Obviously, that didn't work because the, the MLS changes to international slots for Canadians and all that kind of good stuff. So what type of player is he and where do you kind of see him fitting into the squad? I think that's the big question with him, isn't it? Where does he fit into the squad? Because he was, he was, a, he was in the NCAA with Notre Dame the past few years. And I think he won personal accolades. They won championships and he got drafted on the back of being a center midfielder. He's, he's kind of a really, he's, he's, He's a six, but when you think of a six, you think of someone really defensive. But he's kind of, he's a bit more of a playmaker. He likes to have the game in front of him. He likes to spray passes about. He's very left-footed, um, but not not in a way that's a detriment to him, really. Um, so he's really good in that role. And he's really, like, punchy in the tackle as well. Like, if you see him in one-on-ones and duels, he really, like, attacks the ball with intensity. But not in a way where he'll ever get sent off or it was too aggressive. Um, so I, I like him as a midfielder because that's most of the tape I've seen of him has been him as a midfielder. But I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we use him as a centre-back. I think a lot of the time, like I think, I don't know if you agree, but centre of the park is probably the most difficult position to play, especially for a young player, because you need so much experience and guile to play there. And I don't know whether Stephen Hart will look at him and go, maybe you're not quite ready for that yet. Maybe a centre-back where you get a bit more time on the ball when we're building out from the back, that might be the better position for him. Because he's, he's really tall as well. So, Yeah, I, I noticed that the other night when I went to the, the kit reveal, uh, he kind of stood head and shoulders above a lot of them, probably apart from Peter. Um, I, think but, I think he's bigger than Basket as well. He's yeah, it was it was it was crazy like like just he, he really stood out and like he's got like a an afro too so that kind of gives him that extra couple of height too a bit of height too so yeah he's he's, yeah, he's a big five for two really yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> wait but like like me uh, I kind of agree with you I also think that we're like we're really we have so many central midfielders you know what I mean like it's gonna be it's gonna be very difficult for him to 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 start almost ahead of like Rampersa. Polisi, like guys who have kind of done it and proved that they can play there. You know what I mean? So it's going to be difficult for them to, to space. And we've all, we've obviously lost James Jeffard. So we don't like looking at the squad you know, when I was on stage, like, you know, if Peter gets injured, like who do we actually have? That's that kind of big hulking defender to come in. You know what I mean? Like I know like Restrepo was kind of filled in there and that, but he's just like, he's not imposing, you know? So I think no, you, you need Charlotte plus one, don't you? Or, or, Omar plus one, a big player plus one. So, have you seen him play in central defense or like as he? No, I know he he was there in the TFC academy and he played there. 
um, for Canada under 20 as well. But I've never actually seen him play there. But you can kind of see how the things he's good at can transfer to central defence pretty well, I think. Um, it was it was such a big uh, like big coup for the club to get him in the first place, you know, considering that he'd been picked by Colorado and stuff like that. Like, so like if you're him, what do you think is his motivation to come to the CPL? Cause I mean, like the, the problem I find about an awful lot of young, like haven't talked to him on the show and, and stuff like that is that it's in their head is their perception of where they are in life. You know what I mean? And it's like the CPL is obviously a drop down from the MLS. So what, what do you think is, is, is his goal like of dropping down into the CPL? I think he was made to feel wanted. I think Matt Fagan and, and Derek Martin and Stephen Hart, they let him know quite early on that they wanted him. And that's quite appealing to a player, isn't it? Especially coming off the back of a trial that didn't quite work out. Um, I, I, I wonder, I, I've no idea, but I wonder if they've told him what they envisaged, envisaged sorry, his role in the team being um, and if that played a part in it as well. I think... There's there's a pathway now for CPL players to move move to the MLS. All he needs is one good season, and he's already been close enough with the trial with Rapids to know that he's nearly there. And one good season could swing it for him. I, I actually think that's one of the biggest um, advertisements for the league right now is like looking at Lucas McNaughton and Joel Waterman, like like playing and Caden Chung, like playing games. Like they're not just going as squad members; they're actually going and, and starting games. Like McNaughton looks like he's played MLS football his entire career. He's been, he's been incredible at TFC. So I, I, I definitely think that's probably a big plus for the league itself. And I, I think that, um, like, you know, when you're playing NCAA, like obviously Notre Dame is a big, a big college, but I mean, like coming to, to Halifax with the crowd, like I, I don't, I think that we underestimate sometimes like how much that actually sells the players, like the, the, the crowds, like all you need to do is show them a video. And then shot him a video of York, and I'm sure he'll be like, okay, I'm going to go to Halifax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I always find it funny when you see you see players like sign for Edmonton or York, and they're like, oh, yeah, the fans played a big role in signing. And you're like, no, you didn't. Stop it. I feel like, honestly, I, I think every single CPL player is contractually obliged to pretend that the fans played a big role in them signing. I, I, think, that, I think that's a Premier League thing as well, because like, every player that signs for a Premier League team has said that they've been big fans since they were kids. Robbie, Robbie Keane, the Robbie yeah. Keane. Yeah. <laughs> Richarlison saying that he's loved Everton since he was a kid. So. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big, big Peter Reid fan, big yeah. Tony Potty fan. <laughs> oh my god it's like uh brazil like they're they're everybody in brazil is huge david unsworth fans uh, so um, <laughs> well that's what roberto carlos learned everything you know <laughs> so uh, uh one that kind of came came out of left field which i i think had people kind of wondering because I, I i don't think we would actually like anybody's heard of him and which is terrible to say and i don't mean it in any disrespect whatsoever uh is uh obeying tabby like uh, he we obviously needed a left back who was left-footed because we've kind of like for the last two years almost, <clears throat> almost I think since Alex left, Alex the Cowboys, so we've kind of been uh, struggling in that area where we're just kind of putting right-footed players there to try and hope that they can get a job. And it, it just doesn't, it never sits right. I think you did, like, especially in the wing-back position, I think you really do need to have a left-footed player there. So what can you kind of tell us about him? And uh, do you expect him to be a starter straight out the gate? Um, like firstly, I completely agree with you. I, I, I really want a left-footed a left footed player at left-back. I don't like right-footed players at left-back at all. I feel like you, if you've got a right-footed player at left-back, you completely close off a, an angle on the pitch because naturally they kind of touch it inside and then they like to see the centre of the pitch open up in front of them. Whereas a left-footed player, they tend to head down the wing, which will allow our left-sided attacker to move inside and kind of the angle's a lot better. So, yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, in terms of what I know about him, I mean, I've only watched highlight tapes, probably the same as everyone else, because he was playing in the NJCAA. I think that's right. It's like the, the, the college league in the, or community college league, I should say, um, in America. I was, I was reading up recently about what level that actually is. And um, so you've obviously got NCAA right at the top. And NJCAA, sorry, NJCAA seems to be a bit of a feeder league for that. So you have you have guys that maybe weren't academically strong enough to go to NCAA and they'll end up there, like improve their qualifications and then they can make <clears> a step up. So I'm not too concerned about him coming from that level like a lot of people are because there could be a 
multiple reasons why. Um, stylistically, Alfonso Davies, obviously not. And like that, like you need like you need to like put a fair amount of context around that statement. But obviously, he's not as good as him. But he plays like him, like really, really fast. Um, I was I hope Derek won't mind me saying this, but I was chatting to Derek Martin at an event recently, and I asked him how Tabby was doing, and he said he's absolutely rapid. Like he said during preseason, they do all these um, like speed tests and stuff. Like you know, the NF. Do, do you watch much NFL? Yeah, I, I kind of see like they, they do like the uh, like sprint testing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like he got like a four second or something score in this, which is like outrageously fast apparently like nfl wide receiver sort of wow um so yeah he's really fast but with again with players like that you don't know if there's kind of a give and take in terms of how technically strong they are with that um but i haven't seen him play so i can't really say but yeah hopefully he's not just an athlete hopefully he has got something about him technically as well and and I, i went to training the other day actually and he looked he looked good there he was whipping him in nicely like got a lot he's got a really nice delivery actually so yeah hopefully hopefully he does well i think maury donner showed last year that you can have both you can have speed and have that technical ability to to get a ball into the box or kind of make the the right decisions um i i i think with the the way you said that was a feeder league a lot of uh students who come from europe tend to go into that kind of league first before they move up into the NCAA because it's a way of them getting into uh, the States and getting kind of uh, their, their foot in the door with visas and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's, um, it's definitely not a league that should be sniffed at uh, because it is still a, like the college level. And I think, I think that's where a lot of people are kind of put off just by that, <laughs> that little bit of it. But I, I think uh, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. And I'm the same as you. Like I've heard a lot of people saying that, um he looks he looks good and i think anything is probably better than trying to put a a a, a round peg into a square hole you know what i mean like i think that's what we've been struggling with where we just don't have that natural outlet as you said like a right foot player just tends to want to come inside because that's they want to get onto their right foot um and i think it just gives us another attacking option um yeah especially because we we normally play right footers on the left wing so if say Aiden Daniels is on the left wing and wants to cut inside. You want a left footer overlapping and and like entering that space on the on the left hand side. And last season, it's funny you bring up Dona. We were really lopsided towards the right when he played. We always attacked down his side. So it'd be nice to actually have a bit more unpredictability. With is it going to be Fernandez on the right? Are we going to attack via Tabby on the left as well? Speaking of Maury Dona, kind of segues in nicely to the next player. Then. Um, but... A lot of people have some feelings, I guess, about uh, Maury Donner after last year. Uh, it, it's it, I, I find like the the, the problem, is, like I, I love the fact that we're like a, a, a kind of smaller club and a community club. So like we all feel really a part of it and we kind of want to know everything that happens and everything that goes on. But also on the flip side of it is a lot of rumors come out. Um, and nothing ever kind of gets confirmed. So it's like somebody heard from somebody that this happened, that happened, that happened. So I don't really want to get into too much about the whole Maury Donner thing. But I, I, all I can say is that Halifax was always a stepping stone for him. Like anybody who's ever talked to him, like I, I think that had COVID not happened, we would never have seen him in Halifax in the first place. He, like he wanted to play abroad. So like, like leaving York was always what he wanted to do and he wanted to go to a higher level. Um, obviously COVID kind of messed with that and he took Halifax. So I didn't expect him to stick around for year two. And I, I think the first 75% of the season, he was amazing. Uh, he got injured and then he never seemed to be the same. And, and I think you had mentioned that when he came back to Halifax and played on grass, he didn't seem as, as effective, um, which I it could was, be wrong in saying. It was, yeah, no, I, I did, but it was more playing on a smaller pitch. And I, I tweeted out loads and was trying to get someone to answer my question if if our pitch is smaller than um, the Valor pitch and the forward. Because he always looked good in Valor. He looked good in Hamilton as well. And they're, they always, maybe it's a camera angle, but they always seem like much bigger pitches. Whereas I don't think he had the space at Wanderers Grounds to like really open up his legs and just pump down the line like he was doing before. That's no, how it seemed to me anyway. It might, I might be off the mark. But. I think that's a fair observation because, I mean, like you've got like 
like huge stadiums with like CFL pitches, so they can afford to have it bigger than what we could have. Like we're kind of just stuck at with the one size pretty much uh, at the Wanderers. But so uh, anyway, so he's gone to Monterey Bay and he's doing really well down there. So good luck to him, is what I say. Um, you know, people get I said people get upset, but you know that's football. People move on, and you just kind of you know thanks for the few memories and away you go right so um but yeah, yeah so i think, I think the, the great lie we all tell us ourselves as supporters is the players like the club as much as we do they don't, don't. They, they they it's their job yeah they're, they're here to make a bit of money and i'm sure they have affection for clubs and stuff but um there, there's nothing special about us or any club in the world my like players just want what's best for their career so yeah, yeah. fair play fair play um, so yeah, so, so Zach Fernandez, we know we kind of know a little bit about him because he played against us in the Canadian Championship. But um, how do you think his style compares to Maury's? Like, is he is he that kind of dynamic burst forward kind of thing, or is he a solid right back who kind of likes to um, is more of a defensive minded player? What like uh, what, what where do you see him kind of um, playing in the team, and what sort of style does he bring to the Wanderers? I don't, I don't think he's quite as attacking as Dona, but he's not far off. Um, really good stand-up defender. Like you, you don't really see him go to ground and commit himself too much. He he, he stands a, a winger up and he's good at like that kind of foot in, like pushes his body forward tackle. But he's really good attacking as well. Um, like I said, me and me and Stuart went to watch training the other day and he scored an absolute beauty at training. Like ball came across the box, half volley from just on the edge of the 18-yard box. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful goal. He looks, he looks really good. And we were chatting to someone who watched the Guelph friendly the other day. Not, not the Guelph friendly. Um, uh, whoever they played. In. Yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of singled out Fernandez as looking good as well. So, but I, I don't. Do you remember anything about him from the? No, game? like being honest with you, like that, that that game, I was more worried about the fact that we might lose to an, uh, a League One team to, than than the actual game. So, I, I know, right? So, like, I, I, I thought the. I thought the standard like that they the whole team actually brought was was pretty decent and I don't know like I think we're always at risk of those kind of upset because we don't score a ton of goals mm. uh, and when you're playing teams like that if you're kind of if they're hanging on at one one or one nil toward like come towards the end of a game it's like that's how cup cup magic happens right so um, we're, we're, I, I, I think teams like that now as well because every single team we played from League One Ontario or the Quebec League we've ended up signing players from them we signed Anone and Duran Lee and now Fernandez and I think if you're playing against us for one of those teams you're thinking I could get a contract out of this like in, fact, in fact I don't know if like, when them games finish we literally pick one and go right you come coming home with us get on, <laughs> get on the bus no no, you can't say goodbye to your mum and dad you're coming with us now what are you up to next to us <laughs> I actually asked one of the players that the, the other night um, uh, at the event because I was like, I, I kind of always wondered, you know, like um, these preseason games, like if, you know, when like the Wanderers are gone just because they want to get to tune up and try out a few things. But when they're playing against the, like the, the, the lower league teams, if they're like bringing their air game because they want to play well against CPL team they feel like they should be there and they said yes definitely it's like he's he, the, the, the player said that was very very difficult that like you know they're kind of you're not going full-blooded into stuff because obviously you want to you don't get injured for the, the season and, and these guys are like really want to showcase their talent so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword some of these games that you know um you're kind of not taking it at a hundred percent and then they're at a hundred percent and you kind of have to be careful so um but I, I I'm excited to see him I, I think I definitely think that um uh, from from what I've heard, like you know, as I said, like I don't remember that game too well either because I was probably drunk. But um, <laughs> but it, it was like, like just um, I, I think it, having a, somebody who's as you said a stand up defender and somebody who's got a pretty decent attacking thing, I think it's a good mixture because um, sometimes he's quite, when... quite big as well. He's like he's not a small guy, so he offers something on set pieces defensively as well. So yeah. Um, so to kind of round out, like uh, they, they announced on Saturday at the event that uh, Colin Gander's coming in, who's a defender as well, I believe, and is left footed too, I think. So yeah. Um, so they they announced him. So I think that kind of gives us some nice like cover. I know he's like he's only going to probably be here till August, but it kind of gives us some nice cover on the left side. So have you seen much of? of I know he's playing for the Griffins last year. Um, so what, what, where do you see? Where do you think of him? And uh, what type of player is he? He kind of he, he looks like. 
everything you in your head you think a left back looks like it's him he's really left footed um very tidy can put in a nice cross um and yeah yeah i didn't actually think about that until you said it that he'd probably be going back in august won't he if he's if he's useful so um i guess restrepo can cover at the left the left back as well so it's not the end of the world but yeah he's he's another one he came through tfc academy like so many players in the league came through so I, i like it when they've had that grounding in an academy because it just it it speaks to a it speaks to a, a certain level like you don't end up in them places unless you're at a certain level so he'll he'll be he'll be fine i mean it's it's going to be interesting to see who actually is our starting left back out of him and tabby i think if you look at our whole lineup there's only a handful of positions where you're not really sure who's going to play there and i think left back is definitely one of them i think it could be one of three tabby or gander or Restrepo, and we'll see on Thursday which of them has been better preseason. For, for me, I, I think it would not just kind of like being thinking in my football head a little bit. Obviously, like Tabby's going to be here all season, so you mm. kind of want. I think you want to get him like with the ground running and make sure that he's like up to speed with the league. And you kind of because obviously once August hits, he's going to be pretty much unless we bring in somebody at that stage to replace. Gander, that we, I think we kind of need him starting to be honest with you, like just to kind of so get you'd, you'd, you'd go tabby, yeah, yeah, I would. And I think then, like, you know, like Gander allows you get like because I think this year is a year when we need to rotate a lot better. And uh, I think that with the nature of the way the bubbles were, that we didn't get that opportunity. And I think we're going to see a lot more. And that's why they've got almost two players in each position or three, four in, in, in some cases. And I think that's uh, that's where I would do, but I'm not Stephen Hart. So <laughs> who would you have as the back five? Like with, with goalkeeper included, I mean, um, like I think Basket kind of deserved it on the back of towards him. Like he, he, he did make some mistakes, and it's going to happen because he's still a young guy, and it's going to like you know it's like I think it was against uh, it was against Faller. There was like one or two like gout goals that maybe. But then on the fifth, Ottawa, where he kicked it out, and they should have yeah, scored one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of like little errors, but that's going to happen because like he's brand new and he's still very young. And um, but I would start with him because I, I think that um he's he earned the right uh, towards the end of the year. So I start with him. I'd probably go with Tabby on the left back, uh, right back. I'd go um Fernandez, and then it, it kind of gets difficult in the middle. But I I I think that like having seen Restrepo last year playing centre-back, um, he's definitely good enough. He was one of our best players until he got injured. So I could see him starting probably alongside Peter. Um, I, like, I like Restrepo centre-back as well. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of assumed that Santos will play there. But Restrepo was brilliant when he was centre-back for us because oh. he, can, he can pass out from the back really, really well, which is something we don't do very well normally. <laughs> and and then obviously like Santos. So that, like if they're gonna go with the two wing backs and like the, the three center halves like Santos as well. The, the thing with Santos like 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 last year, um he just he just it was kind of like a little bit like Akeem and it's very difficult for me to say this about anybody because of the shape I'm in, but they just didn't look they just didn't look fit. You know what I mean? Like uh I, I like Akeem didn't look fit the whole year. Um and Santos didn't look fit. And I think because of the, the nature of the way the season went like they never got a chance to kind of like step back and work on stuff. And like if you've talked to any of the players, like they, they say that in between games, there was no fitness stuff or whatever. It was like a couple of like little tactical things in training and then the next game rolled around. And mm. I think, I think uh haven't seen him like since he got here, he looks healthier than what he did like last year. Um, he, he looks like he's put, he's taken care of himself in the off season. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I, where I would start. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same. The only question is Santos or Restrepo for me as well. I mean, Santos. Yeah, I'm I'm similar to. I think I think it's more body shape with him rather than being out of shape. I think he's just got quite big thighs and uh, which which makes him look a bit bigger than he probably is. But I I didn't quite see enough of him to be completely convinced yet. So that, I'm, I, that... I'm I'm interested to see this year if he is. And I think as well, like he was, he's another one of those that kind of just got like thrown all over the place, you know, like he's not, yeah, a left, yeah. he's not a left back. Like I, I like, you know, and he got a, kind of got tossed in at left back and the same way uh, Jeremy as well got like thrown in there like last year. And like, you can tell they're not natural fullbacks. So it's very difficult to 
criticize somebody when you know they're being played out of position. You know what I mean? Like like a, a mm. lot of people were kind of grumbling a little bit, at, like some of the performances like from from Santos and like I just thought I think it was kind of unfair a little bit just because of the fact that he's not we didn't sign him as a left back and he's just been asked to do a job to fill in and help out and I think that sometimes we kind of have to take a step back sometimes and just realize that he's not a left back he's not going to be he's not going to be running up and down like Ashley Cole right I mean he's like he's not (laughs) that's not the player he is right so yeah it was it was kind of odd so are you a fan of the the three at the back like the three center halves or prefer to have two with the like full backs or do you like the like win backs with, with the three? I, I like I like two. I like a back four, like two and then two full backs. I think the only times Hart played five at the back slash three at the back was against Montreal Impact. Sorry, they're not even called that anymore. FC yeah. Montreal, wherever they are now. Um <laughs> Forge. So you you see you see kind of like the cogs turning and him saying, okay, these are better than us man for man and technically. So I'm going to play five at the back. I'm going to have the wing backs kind of push in a bit so we can really clog up the midfield and force them out wide. I, I don't think that's how he likes to play generally. Um, so more often than not, we'll play four at the back this season. So, so I mean, like that, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, like Restrepo is also a really, really good um, fullback. And he came in at right back, I think, the first, the first year he was here. And he was really good. He was good. supposed to be at Island Games, yeah. yeah. And then he ended up just still in the, the left back spot off, off um, the Carolists. So. Yeah. And I, I think that was just another case of like, like shoehorn somebody into, into in, like, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of the players, like if you listen to any of the stuff, they say that they're brought in because they're, um, because they can play multiple positions and we, we kind of need that, which, which I agree with because obviously the, the squad is small enough. But it's just, uh, I, I, I just never really a fan of shoehorning people in and then expecting them to work miracles, you know. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I think if he plays Santos alongside um, uh, Peter Charlotte, we might see Restrepo right back on on Thursday. Yeah, That'd be, yeah, and then maybe Fernandez will come on like after. But um, I, I definitely think that Restrepo is probably our, our, our most consistent fullback that we have right now, and I, I, I think he's an amazing player. I really like him. I think. Uh, yeah, I love him yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, just just switching back to uh, who we brought in, uh, one of the uh, like the big name, the big name that we pretty much apart from the coach, obviously, uh, was uh, Aiden Daniels, which was kind of like a was a little bit of left field because I, I I talked to him like last year on, on the podcast and he was at OKC and you know I kind of we had we talked on the, that episode about the CPL and I always kind of felt that like maybe he was the same where like he's in the USL and players think that they're in the in America, they're going to get closer to an MLS team. Um, but obviously, like the the shit hit the fan in OKC in, in just before um, in the off season. So um, I know that Matt had said that he was coming here regardless. But um, I, I think it's a huge signing for us, and I think it's a really good sign too that we're able to attract a player that caliber. So what will Aiden bring to the to the team? And more importantly, do you think he can bring goals? Because I think that's what why they're bringing them <laughs> mm. or, to, or to help create goals i guess that interview you did with him is amazing by the way i i listened to it after we signed him and i was kind of toying around with the idea of reaching out to him for an interview myself before and then i listened to that and i was like there's, there's no stone was left unturned after that interview <laughs> everything i wanted to know was in there so yeah um people listening i recommend finding thanks. it thanks, buddy. um but yeah no he's he's a He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He's, uh, I don't really know how we got him, to be honest, because I think he is good enough to play for another USL team, without a doubt. If you, like, even, and he's one of those... So the good thing about USL players is you can always find the full matches on YouTube, so you don't have to rely on highlight reels. So with him, I had an idea we were signing him, like I think quite a few of us did, and so I watched as much as I could of him before we actually signed him. And I was like genuinely like in the belly excited watching a couple of the games going jesus christ how have we got him he's he's just brilliant he's he's he can play as a 10 he can play as a left winger or he can play or he can play as a quite attacking eight um brilliant dribbler like lovely technique lovely close control he's got a long shot on him as well he tends to and i wrote about this in a piece i did on the website like he tends to drift into the left half space so like that area between the left wing and the centre midfield spot, he likes that little area there. 
and he likes to yeah kind of pick the ball up there drive towards goal look for a little one two or just to like absolutely hammer one towards <laughs> goal as well um yeah he's really really good and in terms of goals so he scored i think he scored three in the past two seasons in usl and that i think that's a number you can probably extrapolate to four or five or six in the cpl given the level is a little bit lower and i think as i think the coaches will probably give him a bit more responsibility as well and he'll know one of my major jobs for this team is to score goals so yeah fan, fantastic signing and I, I I think he's the player that moves the needle for us the most, to be honest. Um, me too. Me too. As I, as I said, I was, I was quite surprised that we, because um, I, I, I I heard a rumour that you might be coming and like I, I still talked to him the other time on Instagram. So I, I sent him a message. And I was like, oh, uh, what's this about you come to Halifax? And uh, it was like radio silence. So <laughs> I was like... Did he leave you on red? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He's like... <laughs> He was kind of, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, kind of thing. And I was just like, yeah. And then obviously he came. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I think when he was playing in the USL, um, like, I don't know what way his manager was, but like, he always, like, any of the goals you've seen him score, he definitely has a great goal in his locker. And I think that he might have a little bit more freedom within their team to be able to do that too. I think that the, the, the team at OKC was very disciplined. And maybe he didn't have that that kind of freedom. And I'm hoping that Stephen Hart kind of allows him to have a little bit, you know, because I, I think it'll take a lot of responsibility off Joe Morelli's shoulders too. Because like, if you looked at like last year, I thought that Joe was like trying to be everything. You know what I mean? Because like, he felt the pressure because he was only on that scoring goals really. And um, I think that's how he ended up injuring himself because he's just like trying too hard. You know, he's like, he was all over the pitch. You can see he's kind of getting a little bit frustrated sometimes when stuff wasn't coming off for him or players weren't in um, the positions he wanted them to be. And I, I just think it just takes a massive weight off his shoulders. And if he can chip in with a couple of goals, it's even less pressure on him, right? And I, I think have since Joe's been here, he's always had that little spell of when he's injured, he, he picks up injuries because of the, the position he plays and the way he plays. Um, just having somebody who's a nat- like a more of a natural um replacement for him if he does get injured it's going to be uh, worth his way goal too as well i think it was a very smart and shrewd signing um so do you, think, I, do you think they can play together pretty well morelli and daniels do you I, think they can i definitely think i definitely think so i i think if if like uh aiden's kind of as you mentioned earlier on he can play like the on the left wing like if he's play if he plays on the wing and Gerald's in the middle like I think they can definitely. I think they're smart enough, and they've been around the block enough to know like how to play with players that are similar like that. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of. I don't think it's going to be a Gerard Lampard situation. I think that they can definitely um, work it. It just depends then on who's playing up front. I think is is also a big one. Like I mean, if um, I I definitely think if Salter's playing with because he's that bit taller, it kind of gives them a, a slightly better option maybe because it, like mm-hmm. they can they'll have to cross. And as you mentioned, like having a left footed uh, fullback, like it's going to give us that option for like, getting the cross into the box. I, I think that's somewhere where we struggled like last year that, as you said, we were so lopsided that a lot of our chances were being created from the right side. And I think teams just kind of got wise to it. You know, that like, they're, like I think it kind of worked well for us in the first couple of games. And then everybody just like, you know, they're watching the game tapes and they know, everything from Halifax has gone through Maury Donner. And I think that as soon as that kind of got cut off, like we were kind of lost a little bit. Um, so I, I guess the big question I have for you, like is, you know, um, I think that's everybody that's come in, isn't it? We've mentioned everybody, haven't we? I haven't missed anybody. Um, no, I know that's everyone, yeah. Because yep. I know that, that, that like uh, they said there might be another sign like this week. So we might see, is it Campoli that's still kicking around the, the U Sports kid? Yeah, and- I, d- I don't know if he, I don't know if he's been signed or not, to be honest. I'm not, I haven't heard anything, but I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Because I, I feel like they'd have announced him and Gander. They're together, the yeah. Reveal. Yeah, so, but they're yeah. definitely looking for an under-21 because we've only got two at the moment. We've got Fernandez and Basket, and you need, I think league rules are you need three under-21s. So yeah, it's, we, need, it's, we need to bring another body in. But yeah, so, so like, you know, Derek Martin had mentioned... Uh, in uh, a tweet, you know, that like, uh, I think it was just after the season ended that uh, the Halifax crowd, they, they really deserve a, a championship. 
we deserve a, a team that scores goals and they're going to address it in the offseason. So I, I guess the question for you is, do you think they've done enough with who they brought in? And obviously on the coaching side of it too, to, to, to uh, say that Derek has done enough <laughs> um, to, to change. Like, do you think this team is good enough to win a championship? Do you think this team is good enough to score more goals than what we've been capable of? Yeah, because it's an interesting question because I wrote about this and I've gone back and forth on whether we needed to sign a striker since the end of last season. And I was absolutely convinced we needed to sign a striker when the season ended. And then I kind of looked at the other teams around us in the, well, sorry, the other teams above us in the league. So Pacific, Cavalry and, and Forge, and none of them have a player scoring more than 10 goals. They all have players scoring eight, players scoring nine, players scoring seven, and then a lot of other players scoring three and four and twos. Once I kind of got my head around, right, we've got Morelli, he scores goals the mission is to actually add more goals from the rest of the team. So I think the emphasis is more stuff you can coach or you should be able to coach, which is, I say, I say that, but I don't, I don't even know. I saw, <laughs> I saw Hart talking the other day about how the players need more composure in front of goal. And how do you coach that? Like, because you can't recreate that in training, that stressful situation where you've got 6,000 people watching You've got the ball, you've got the keeper coming towards you. It's impossible to coach that. So how, yeah, I don't know. I don't know right. what do you think. I, I think uh, like, like uh, that's, it's a very good point that you make that. It's very hard to recreate. And I, I think it's, that's where you hear the phrase like natural, a natural goal scorer. And I honestly don't think that we have that. Like, I don't think Akeem, I, I don't think Akeem was ever a natural goal scorer. Like, like you know, he, he came along and he was uh, the first season, like he, he was almost like a winger. And then they kind of moved them inside. And then the island games, I think that tournament style really suited us because it suits the way that Stephen Hart likes to play the game, I guess. Like it, like it, it, it really suits Stephen Hart. Um, and then last year was just like an absolute disaster. And I, I, I don't think we had anybody. And I look again this year and I feel the same way. Like, I just feel like, you know, if it, like everybody's praying that Akeem starts off the right way. But if he doesn't, we're, like we're we're dependent on Joe Morelli to, to to pick up the pieces and score 15, 16 goals, which it's going to be difficult, you know. Like like it's like uh, I th- I think the other teams have moved on that like they've obviously added to their squad, and I think the coaches like know how to like they'll they'll know how to play against us because we're going to have to try and get everything through Joe again. You know what I mean? I I think mm-hmm. that's why Aiden Daniels I think was a good signing because it gives us an extra option uh up front but i'm just worried about goals again like i definitely think a striker was was a must-have for us because i just think that like from the get-go it's a lot of pressure on salter and and akeem and i think salter last year like he's shown some kind of flashes of what he can do but like i i hope to god i'm proved wrong and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a negative nelly because obviously we're <laughs> wanderers fans and we want them to win but sometimes yeah. you have to be a realist too and i look at like what happened in in pre-season and you can say we're trying tactics and we're trying this and we're trying that but like pre-seasons when you want your striker scoring four goals five goals in the game to you know to get that sharpness mm-hmm. as you said like the, like that's the closest they're going to get to recreating in the league right in the preseason game and like salter didn't barely scored any i think he scored a couple against the new Brunswick team and mm. I think Akeem played one game and then he was injured or something so like to, to, to give it to give it the positive side I, and I do completely understand all of that like but to give it the positive side of it I I, I have no doubts Morelli's going to score over 10 goals again like that's who he is as a player he's he scored at the same rate for the past four or five years wherever he's been so he yep. is a player that will nearly always score over 10 goals so that's kind of the high scoring player out of the way so then all we need to do is make sure that you've got other players getting four goals, three goals, five goals. I think Daniels is capable of getting three or four goals. I think Marshall, like Marshall's brilliant, but he, then he also he's not brilliant. And if he can, if he can stay, if he can actually be fit for a whole season, he's capable of scoring three or four goals. And so, yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from, but I like early season optimism I like to think right we've got Morelli scoring 10 we've got Marshall Ben Daniel scoring three or four each and then very quickly you're at the numbers that we're supposed to be at 
Um, so yeah, I, 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 I do, I do, I do. Hate I, 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 I totally agree with you. Like, I mean, I, I think that like last year, um, and probably the year before, like, like Corey Bent was kind of like he, he's probably like one of our most natural goal scorers because like if you've ever seen him play for CBO or if you've even seen a training, like he's like it's just second nature to him. And I'm hoping that like we don't see him like last year when he's playing as like a wing back or you know, and I know I know I know like injuries necessitate that kind of stuff, but like that's not where you want to see him. Uh, and like he showed what he can do obviously against Montreal, but like I, I just feel like like um if he was playing more like it's kind of hard because obviously he's out in the wing but you know like if, if we started a came off out there why could we not try and bent inside like a couple of times just to see what he could do because like he is a natural goal scorer he's like he's he's unbelievable and if anybody ever gets a chance to go to a wanderers training session and wants to show their kids how to score goals just watch Corey bent for a half an hour in the, in the training game he's he's incredible so yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I would love to see him get a go. I think he, he played up front one or two games last season, but I'd love to see him actually get a good go at that position. Because, yeah, I, I agree. I've, in training, he, he's banging him in. He's a, he's quite a natural finisher, isn't he? Like he's not someone that seems to panic too much. So, oh, de- definitely yeah. not. And I think that like, um, like, like Jail would be a good player to have behind him because he, he's, he's good enough to play those little true balls. And mm. I think that, I think that's kind of what we missed last year too, is that we didn't have apart from like, like because Joe was usually in this goal scoring positions. We didn't have somebody in behind who could like just play a true ball. Cause I feel like a lot of our midfielders are so similar, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, like Rampersat, like Polisi, like, like they're, they're all really good ball winners. But a lot of the times we were just going side to side because we didn't have anybody that could just play that pass in, just ping it in for somebody to run onto and like causing trouble. And I think um, if hope that's where Aiden Daniels will come in too, that if Joe's pushed on, you'll have somebody that can come in and play that kind of ball. Cause I, I think that's apart from having like, apart from depending on one person for goals, I, I just think that we didn't have that person that could just create something out of nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and I know that's, it's, yeah. A, the million dollar thing to have but I just, I just don't I just feel like our, our our midfield like our central midfielders are probably some of the best in the league um, but they just don't have that in their locker I could be wrong you could disagree with me but that's kind of where no I, I, I do agree and I, I, I honestly think if there was a striker out there that offered that they'd have signed him but I think every team in the, like I say and like no team had a player that scored more than 10 goals last season so every team in the league is looking for that player um, so you've you've kind of got a strike gold like we did with Morelli. Um, that's he's the anomaly. It, like he's the big anomaly in the league. That player doesn't really exist anywhere else. So I and that's why I think the the emphasis needs to be on instead of using all of your scouting resources, just trying desperately to find this player somewhere. Instead, focus on right how can we build a system where other players can chip in with a lot more goals as well um and hopefully that's what they've been doing with bringing in someone like dorado who who his big thing isn't it like i heard his interview with you like he was saying he he likes coaching attacking football and pan play and i guess that's the hope someone like him coming in so along with garcia can't be as bad as last year he has to be better salt was going to be another year older marshall bent etc more goals from them that plus a former real madrid coach a former um rafa benitez assistant like that's got to help i i guess i guess my last question i kind of mentioned to the uh, this just that to have it ready so uh i know it's a lot of pressure but what's where what's your rankings for um the, the I wrote this down before answering this one. I, I love it, buddy. And uh, <laughs> your your tip for uh, first uh, is going to win the whole thing, the North Star Shield. All right. This is my my left field theory. Is so I'm going to say two sentences, and they completely contradict each other. Love it. Cav- cavalry are the weakest they've been in the history of the CPL. Cavalry will win the championship. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're, you're in, and what I think is going to happen, because they're always like pretty much the best team, aren't they? But they don't quite win it. And they remind me a bit of, do you remember when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012? And they'd been, yeah. br- they'd been brilliant for seven years. And then in 2012, they were 
dog shit. They were terrible, weren't they? Roberto Di Matteo came in. But they, they had enough kind of wily old pros to, even though they can consistently do well across a whole league season, they they knew how to do it in like the one-off sort of games and they won the Champions League. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be that again. I think, I think Forge Pacific are going to run away with the league and then Cavalry are just going to do enough to sneak into the playoffs and then kind of defensive masterclass of Klomp and Yao and just do enough to <laughs> and just do enough to win it, even though they definitely aren't the best team. And it's and I, I kind of hope they do. I like I like Tommy Warden Jr. I think he's really great character to have in the league. And I think Cavalry has been good enough over the past three years to have deserved the championship. So yeah, Cavalry not looking good all year and then winning the championship is what I think is going to happen. Love it. Um, I I definitely think that um the, the Tom, Tommy's brand of football is it's really good to watch. Uh, mm. when I'm like if I'm a neutral and I want to watch like a game and like I kind of want Cavalry to be involved because nine times out of ten it's going to be a good game and it's good quality yeah. uh, football. So did you actually do like a ranking of eight teams or where do you think they're going to end or did you just come over the champion? No, no, I did. Yeah, do you want to? Okay, yeah, let's do, buddy. If you got yours afterwards as well. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, mate. Yeah. Um, so I reckon so Forge will win it. Pacific second, Cavalry third, Halifax fourth. <laughs> Ottawa fifth, Valor sixth, York seventh, and oh, it's obvious for Edmonton eighth is what I think. I, I, I think Fortune Pacific are going to finish quite a way ahead of everyone else, and Cavalry, Halifax, and Ottawa are just going to be scrapping out for that last place in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I think as well, um, I, I think Forge will be the season winners. I don't, I, I, I don't think they'll win the whole thing again. Um, so I've got, I've got them first in the league season. And then I, I think Calvary will be uh, second, actually. I think Pacific have made so many changes in the off season that it's going to be very difficult to, to replicate what they did because they they lost key coaching and they've lost key players. So I think mm. uh, they probably won't be as strong as what they were. So uh, I've got to put them in third. Um, I went with the Wanderers in fourth. Just because I my I'm ruling my heart there rather than my head. Yeah, fifth, fifth. I I think um I, I think York will probably run us close again. I think um they've uh they've some, signed some really good players, um and they had they had a, a couple of players that they couldn't bring in like last year and the year before because of COVID and they've got them in this year. So mm-hmm. I just want to hear William Wallace's name being. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Uh, then, then Valor, I uh, don't Valor sixth. Uh, I think Ottawa have done quite a lot, uh, but I still think they have a way to to go. And they've also got a new coaching as well, which is going to be um, a big change for them too. Um, mm. And then Edmonton. I kind of hope that Edmonton don't finish last, just because whoever does finish last, and please God, don't make it be Halifax. Just, just, just so everybody can just kind of like have a giggle at them, because like you know, like they're, yeah. they're they're not expected to do anything. But I think they've kind of been clever in how they've kind of recruited. Like they brought in a couple of players from last year that I think um, they managed to get them back in on loan, which I think was was good. And the, the three guys we sent them, we didn't even mention them because, as mm. far as I could see from the press releases and stuff like that. They were scouted, it seems to me, by Edmonton, and then we just signed them. So I think it's like one of those that yeah. we're just hoping one of them comes good and we just sign them for next year because it's like it's a free season, I think. So win win, it's win win for us, isn't it? Like? Yeah. Um. So my my overall, I I, I think I, I agree with you, man. I think uh, I think Calvary is this is the yeah. year. Yeah, I think they do. I think like if they can, if they can keep Joe Mason fit, um, I I honestly think that he's probably the best striker in the league. Um. Uh, like obviously like, like he did well like that but then he got injured again towards the end of the season and I think they missed him so I think uh, mm. they can keep him fit uh, and they they brought back Klump and they brought back uh, yeah which I thought was huge for them like I did two of them were great last year so oh, they're brilliant yeah Klump's such a good ball playing centre half I love him and, and I, I think they brought like they were clever in who they brought in too like they brought in Ben, ben Fisk who I think was was a great sign for them and they brought him back again this year like I, I just wish that we were capable of like bringing guys in like that sometimes you know like i, I feel like our recruitment mid-season isn't always the greatest like I, I think that last year like we brought players in to fill gaps in the squad rather than for them to enhance mm-hmm. what we had because i don't think kamara was 
any better than what we had and or like portal as well but, i didn't think yeah much yet, to be honest. yeah like and like they, they did a job fair play to them but i just don't think they like i thought camara was like um like the the, the goal that he, it was again who was it that was that against um york, york remember the, the trio, yeah how, we, how, how, how did he miss it <laughs> How he missed it! Like I would be, like I would be running for the hills and just like with embarrassment. But hey, (laughs) so he misses an open goal and then it kind of comes. Did it hit someone? Then go in? Yeah. So I think I think I think he I think he hit the bar with with his header and then it hit off uh, um, Abzi. I went yeah. in and I thought he was like, yeah, I, I thought he was going to run into the crowd at one stage, man. I was like, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah. I, I talked to uh, Jordan Wilson about that game, man. And like from, even from the York side, it was, uh, they said it was unbelievable. So, um, so yeah, man. So um, I, I must say, I'm looking forward to uh, the season. Uh, where can people, you've done two amazing blog posts already about the the, the squad this year. Um, man, you've got it's such a great way with words. It's uh, yeah. it's oh man, it's it's you're you're so funny. I I, I your description of um, Polisi was incredible. Like the, the PlayStation, it's <laughs> he exactly what he, real, does he? He, <laughs> he, like real... he He looks like he, he looks like something of uh, Grand Theft Auto or something. Like he owns like a, <laughs> yeah, he owns like a nightclub in uh, Grand Theft Auto. So um, like when the gravi- graphics haven't been quite good enough <laughs> yeah. to look real and furry, yeah, and it just looks fluffy. Yeah, he looks like a PlayStation <laughs> character. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so where can people? find your blog post and do you have more on the way and is this podcast coming back this year i heard rumbling so i'm just uh yeah so the the blog is at from um and on twitter i am at from hfx i think or there might not be a hfx at the end i'm not sure um yeah the podcast we we talk the guy i used to do it with shep we've, we've talked about it on and off um i bumped into him in garrison oxford tap room on quimple the other day and we chatted again quickly there about doing it but we haven't actually arranged it yet so who knows uh, if we do it it'll probably be like a after match recap every week so okay. if the game's on the sunday the monday or the tuesday just like an hour talking about the game and then previewing the next game and that's it so hopefully but yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure when if it doesn't work you're always welcome back on this show i'd love to mate yeah we can just do that instead. yeah <laughs> exactly you know, just, just, just call him out um <laughs> are we, we going to send it over to him just to uh to edit the audio um no, no, finally been allowed on the show i'm not letting go <laughs> i'm here now i'm just going to turn up to your next interview. I, I, I hope it was all that you hope for <laughs> yeah more and more <laughs> all right buddy have a great night and uh Get out! Out to fuck!